Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersena from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Welcome back, everyone. It is the beginning of the Lawn and Garden Journal for 2022. I'm happy to say that we're back on air, and I think we're all in the mood for growing and talking about growing because we've had such a different type of winter. Yes, but I think this morning as I was coming uh, out early, yeah, I've got butterflies today, so I don't know if you can hear it in my voice because we've been away for a while, but I think there was a few birds that were giving me a little bit of a boost because as I was getting out to my truck, they were chippering and cheering away. And I think they were saying, it will be okay. It's the start of a new season. And I have to say too, that my path to my truck has gotten a little higher on each side because we've gone through such a different winter, so much snow. And the poem, yes, the poems are back. So please listen. It is I guess we've missed that snowstorm, but the poem is Snowstorm. Please listen. What a night! The wind howls, hisses, and but stops to howl more loud while the snow volley keeps incessant batter at the window pane, making our comfort feel as sweet again. And in the morning, when the tempest drops at every cottage door, mountainous heaps of snow lie drifted that all entrance stops until the bassoon and the shovel gain the path and leave a wall on either side the shepherd rambling valleys white and wide with new sensations his old memory feels when hedges left at night no more descried as turned to one sweep of curving hills the trees turn bushes half their bodies hide the boy that goes to fodder with surprise walks o'er the gate he opened yesternight. The hedges all have vanished from his sight, even the treetops the sheep could reach to bite. The novel scene emboldens the delight, and though with cautious steps his ports to begin, the boulder shuffles the huge snows till down he drops and plunges to his chin, and struggles much and often escape to win. Then turns and laughs, and dare not go further, for deep the grass and the bushes lie below, were little birds that soon at eve went in, with heads tucked in their wings, now pine for day, and the little boy feels over their heads can stray. It has been a mountainous of snow this year, but we look forward to growing and planting. The lines are open, 1-800-374-3315. Call me. I'd love to hear what you've been doing. Are you, have you started transplanting your tropicals? Are you starting to seed? Let's talk gardening. We're going to go right to the lines. We have Agnes waiting. Hi, Agnes. Hi, Carla. Hi. Welcome, welcome back. back to the Lawn and Garden Journal. Welcome back, yeah. Uh, I have a question for you, and that is the last year I planted some cedars. And uh, they're the kind that you buy at uh, Home Depot. And uh, they're doing well, but I did not wrap them in fall. 
and uh, they're under a real thick blanket of snow. And I'm just wondering, how am I going to thaw them out without the sun burning them before the roots are thawed out? Okay, so they're completely covered right now with snow? Well, not not completely, no. About not completely, okay. Three so quarters what, up. Yeah. Um, if, um, how high is the snow? Can you walk on that snow? Is it fairly deep around it or... Well, I can I can get at them if that's what you're asking. Yeah, I would probably um, because we're going to start to see with the cedars, and the nice thing about the heavy snow is a lot of the protection is given to the plants below. Um, it's the top surface or the areas that are exposed to the sunlight and the high winds that is going to cause that browning or oranging effect that's on it. If I if it was me, I would probably try and get a couple poles at least in that snow put a little bit of a burlap bank around it don't go all the way around but at least shade it against the sunny side so that you're not getting reflected sunlight on the snow and then bouncing up on that structures of the cedar because what happens is as things warm up and the sun warms up that snow it has reflective matter that will have the the branching or the, you know, the structure of the cedars and your pines kind of open up thinking it's getting early. So the respiration happens. So you want to block that to keep it in the cooler side so that everything can sort of <clears throat> melt down and then they'd be exposed that way. Oh, okay. okay. So cover up the part that's exposed. Yes, because you will see that the exposed part is the part that's been exposed to uh, reflective sunlight, which is causing plants to sort of open up a little bit and against the evening winds because if we get our day temperatures that climb up things are warming up but it's the night evening that causes that conflict okay okay the other thing is i was wondering if i should be if i should try to thaw out the roots by by watering them with no the no no let nature take its course the ground and the snow is causing that insulation factor you do not want to pre awake trees and shrubs early because you want them to naturally thaw out with the season as it progresses okay okay all right thank you very much you're very welcome okay bless you bye thank you very much bye-bye and also to agnes i should also mention because of the height of the snow when we see a lot of the snow melting and i um there's a few things that we can actually talk about this whole issue is the snow level is high but as it starts to melt we know that the weight of the snow is going to play heavily on a lot of the shrubs that are buried beneath. So we might see a lot of shrubs that have a little bit of a droopiness just because of that weight load that's on them. So uh, we can talk about that later as we see as the snow develops or starts to you know, go down. But also too, down beneath, we don't know what's happening because underneath all this snow, uh, I know that the rabbits are at the top, which are doing light pruning. Uh, they're not get, basically getting to the collars of our trees that have caused issue in the past, but we don't know what the vol, voles are doing beneath because we know they're running under the snow. Let's go right to the line. Lillian is next. Good morning, Lillian. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, yes, uh, welcome back. Thank you. Yeah, I got an Amerilus bulb for Christmas, and uh, I got the long stem, and I had uh, five blooms on top. Oh, beautiful. And then uh, there grew another one, and it is busted open. And uh, now I don't know how many is going to be from there. And there's a third one that's going to be opening, too. Is that normal? Oh, 
You have a fantastic bulb. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> it depends. Yes, that could be normal because uh, just like, you know how you go to the store and you buy shrimp and there's a shrimp count? They always put a count, uh-huh. like a bulb size. They do the same thing in the the green industry okay. where you can buy bulbs of different grades of different uh-huh. uh, quality. Yeah. Oh, this so you one probably was- got to... You yeah, got a good one, bulb. Yeah, it was a huge bulb. Yes, yeah. you got a nice plump one that is going to give you a fantastic show, and uh, that is a total blessing right there that you can get those. <laughs> the, am- the, the amaryllis are beautiful. Oh, hey, those five is a deep, deep red, and oh, it's just beautiful. Yeah. So you- okay, once it's finished blooming, that uh, start the blooms were out. What do we do? We leave them dry off, or do we just cut them off? Well. If the flowers, once the flowers have finished, yeah. you can cut the flower stalk itself. Let it completely collapse down. Okay. And then you can cut the stalk itself. Okay. But then you're going to enjoy your second, and then you're going to enjoy your third bloom. Yeah. And then uh, you can let the plant grow for a little bit onwards, but at some point, just like our tulips, you want them to naturally die back so that the energy goes back to the bulb. Okay. So that you store it, and then... And you where would I store it? Like, someplace cool and dark. Like in a fridge? Uh, I, I wouldn't put it in the fridge, but somewhere no. cool, and, cool uh, and dark. If yeah. you have a spare fridge. Yeah, I um, do. <laughs> yeah, if you have a spare fridge that you... I, I kind of like putting my bulbs not in areas where there's onions or uh, potatoes. No, that I, just, I just have jars of jam. <laughs> Perfect! <laughs> yeah, okay. And I got an Ameri- uh, no, uh, uh, a Narcissus bulbs too and it all grew nicely and uh, i got one tiny bloom at the top and that's it oh well okay um that may be the quality of the bud may not be as good or sometimes if they're not coming up there you know there could be other things that are happening uh light lighting conditions especially if you're growing it indoors because they like high light right so would i put that outside in the spring uh narcissus it will be finished. It depends on the variety of nurses. If it's a hardy one, then I yeah. would let it go into a dormant state. But yes, I would definitely plant it in the fall. Okay. Put it in the garden in the fall. Yes. And bring it in, in the sp- uh, back in the fall? Well, if it's a hardy one, you yeah. can plant it in the garden and it can stay out there. Oh, they didn't say anything on the, on the package because we bought that at a greenhouse. So that's why I don't know. Oh, well, yeah. we'll, well, we'll play it, it by ear. Play it by ear. Or, you know what? Or you can store it in the fridge, too, as well, because it will give you that burst of color Yeah. Okay. in the home if you really want to have some color in the home, okay? All right. Thank you very much. Okay. You're very welcome. I'll enjoy my emeritus. Oh, good. Thank very you. good. Bye-bye. Very good. Thank you, Lillian. There is so much that is involved in gardening. And you should see my desk. I didn't know which direction to take this morning. I was telling Eva I had butterflies because it's an exciting time of year. And uh, if you know, and sometimes I give you a little, uh, little tippets of what we're doing here at the Garden Center. And we've been in production already since probably the second week of January. Uh, our back buildings have been heated up. Yeah, the first couple of days it was a little chilly in there getting the, the room warmed up. But I have to admit that uh, over the last couple of weeks, we have expanded and opened up a few more houses. And it was actually when we opened up our uh, last building 
that we started getting a little bit more soil in there, a little bit more plants and our seedlings are growing, that it takes you for a stop and it takes you for a pause that you, when you walk into a room, you see the sunlight, you smell that hummusy soil and you see the small seedlings growing up. And I have to say that it is something that inside me, and I think we find it as gardeners, that we feel that energy that comes back to us, especially after a long winter. It's something that is just intrinsically makes you tingle because it's the excitement of knowing that the next season is coming. It's the excitement of knowing that we're going to be able to put our hands in the soil. It's the excitement of seeing something that we care for and grow. And yes, it's the excitement of having homegrown vegetables again. So I'm going to put the question out there to you with participation because this is a radio show and we'd like you guys to call in, is what are you planning for your garden? It's something that I like to hear when people come in is what direction they're taking. It was a a little bit of a struggle last year when we had such a drought. It's kind of rewarding that we have as much snow as we have, but we have to remember that the earth is being replenished by much needed moisture back in the ground. I think our trees and shrubs will be absorbing a a lot of that when we get to the spring. Hopefully it's a nice slow thaw. So are you planning on more vegetables? Are you planning on more flowers to pollinate those vegetables? And as you do, you may start your planning. It may be a good weekend to sort of head out to your favorite uh, place and look for your seeds. Or possibly go to that portion of your box that has your collected seeds in it. Did you collect seeds last year? You may want to check that they're doing okay. Check your uh, bulbs that are in the basement. See if they are starting that energy. They give you that little bit of that hint that, I'm ready to go just as much as you are. And have you started doing some of your cuttings on your geraniums? These are certain things that you want to start looking at. Now, if you're out looking for your seeds or if you're looking at your seed selections, one of the little hints that I like to do is sort of, if I'm going to be doing my seeding, I like to do uh, trays of them. I know that here, we do three or 400 seeds in one seed tray. You're probably not going to do that extensive. But the seed trays that you have that you're creating with your heat mats, your trays, and your domes that you're on there, you may want to choose plants that are compatible uh, when you are seeding so that when you're underneath your mini greenhouses or your domes, that they are coming up at certain ratios or certain rates at the same time. You don't want to have something... Uh, that's underneath a cover like your alyssums and your petunias at the same time because one is going to come up longer and you may have to protect or dome the other variety a little bit longer which may end cause stretching on your other ones. So take a look at it. It's actually a really great time to go out and take a look at the seeds. Now planning before you go is always good because I know that you can get Um, caught up on the colorful packages. So a well-planned source. It's like going to the grocery store too. What do I need? What do I want? Okay. What do I need comes first and you're looking at all your vegetable seeds of what you want. Maybe you're looking for that new tomato that's out there. That's something that's there. And it's a good time too. Yes, I have to say it. 
If your seeding supplies are in the garden shed, you may be going out this weekend and doing a little bit of a shoveling to get out the resources that you need to do your seeding with. So take look, take source of your seeds that you've kept and collected. Maybe go and enjoy the selections that are out there on the seed companies. I know a lot of the garden centers have seed in stock right now. And I must say that they are projecting a... Uh, 2021, we saw that gardening was very, very well, just because of the food source that's out there. And it is the year of the garden. Did you know that? This is the celebration of the agricultural that the garden year, there's a huge promo of being the celebration of the garden of 2022. So this is the year that we really are putting some beauty into the gardens. And I think it is kind of a good year to do that because... We plant our flowers as a pollinators and we enjoy the fruits and the vegetables of it afterwards. They go together. They go part and parcel together. Now, when you're seeding, you've collected your seeds, you've gone through your seeding matters, make a plan of where you want to put these. See if the ratios of your plants to portion to garden work out. Here's the other thing. Are you planning on making more gardens? We've had some inquiries and I've started a list of items in my book. I even had a lady that was, uh, uh, I tweeted out on Facebook and Instagram that we were starting the Lawn and Garden Journal. And some people have sent me private messages and some people have given me ideas. Someone wants raised beds. They're planning on doing raised beds for containers or for vegetables. So that's something that, yeah, I'm going to bring it up on one of the shows. We're going to start delving into deep conversations about what there is to do. But it all starts with seeding. It does. It's starting. It's the plan. It's the the beginning of the seed to see what there is. Now, when you're doing it, like I said, remember the shovel going to the shed? You may have your seeding mixes that are out there. So it's time to get out there, time to look at it, and make a schedule of when you are going to do your seeding because that's important too. Um, I have a lady that's... uh, here in the city. Her name is Getty Stewart. I'm going to give her a little bit of a shout out. She actually has a really good list uh, that's on there for home gardeners to put their, when to put their seeds in the ground and go through it. So uh, you can look her up online. That's Getty Stewart. And she has a nice composition of when to sow them, when to put them in the garden. And I like using it for the, the home grower. I have a list too here, but my list as a grower itself, is for when crop is ready, not for when it goes into the ground. So it's a great guideline for it because, A, you also have to investigate. And when you look at the back of the seed packets, you want to know if it's a cold crop or if it's a warm crop. Can it go into a cold ground or do you have to start it warm? These are all things that you need to know when you're going through it. Now, let's just take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about other little things on the back of uh, information on seed packets that you should know. If you have questions, though, give me a shout. 1-800-374-3315. And we're back to gardening. It's so exciting. I wish I could can the scent that's at the garden center right now and just sort of send it over the air. I there should be a way that we should be able to do this but I think deep back in our minds we can think and we can remember that scent it's uh I know that um my grandfather 
he used to uh, smoke black cat tobacco when I was younger. And I can still remember my grandfather by smelling that scent. So there's certain things that you can uh, remember. And the soil is one of them. It's that hummusy. It's almost like, to me, it's like gold. It smells so good. And it depends on your spring. Like, I know that we have listeners far and near that are that are here. So have your garden started wakening up. So if you're in a different location, you may be enjoying already the spring or the daffodils that are out there that we were mentioning or the narcissus may be coming up. So let's start talking about growing. And growing is seeding. But first, we're going to talk to Brett. Morning, Brett. Good morning. Morning. And you know what? I've, I've been remiss. It's like the butterflies. I've, I've been forgetting to ask people where they're calling from. Where are you from? I'm from Portage La Prairie. Well, good morning, Portage La Prairie. Not How too bad, a little you? cloudy, but that's it. Oh, well, you know what? The sun is brightening up a little bit here in Winnipeg, so I hope uh, it's supposed to be, I think last night I saw it was supposed to be about a balmy minus three, so I'm hoping we get that weather. To get the melt started, that's what I think. Oh, the snow is so, like, honestly, I go outside and there's six feet on each side. Oh, of boy, pathway. yeah. <laughs> Running out of room to put it, if nothing else. And for a five-foot woman, it's pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, you don't know what's we... on the other side. No idea. It could be anything. You, you know what? You don't know what's on the other side. And it's kind of funny because when you go outside and you're looking around the garden and you see a rabbit almost at eye height, you kind of are taking <laughs> that a little bit of a shock. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, how can we help you on the Lawn and Garden Journal? Um, pretty... Uh, Pretty pretty rookie question here. I don't do too much. I just I have some uh, flower beds. I put annuals every every year, and um, you know I've heard different people talk about. I don't know what they're growing, so if this is not applicable, so be it. But you know, um, eggshells, uh, coffee grounds. One one I heard from one guy he said I put old milk up for my uh, tomatoes and stuff like that. Any sorts of those things is that ideal for? You know, just say, uh, like, what do I do? I do marigolds sometimes, you know, uh, petunias. You do a little bit of those, whatever. Is that, I'm just looking for ways to boost the, the nutrition of, of the soil and stuff like that. Is, is there any, anything like that I can do? Coffee well, grounds, you know, I, I like coffee, so we got a lot of those. Yeah. You know what? Anytime that you can compost, you can add, definitely add it to a composted matter. Yeah. So, you know, like if you're, um, like definitely when you're doing your eggshells, your eggshells, unless you grind them down a lot, like if you put them in an old grinder, you can grind them down a little bit that's in it. Uh, because in essence, in the olden days, a, a little story of mine was I would compost and I would throw my eggshells in there. And then when I went to dig it out after a year or two, I would actually find some of the eggshells still sure. intact into their half because yeah. they're calcium, they're hard, right? Mm-hmm. But you can grind them down. If you can get them into a finer matter, that's going to help them decompose. Sure. But the more that you can get that hummusy richness, and by composting, is really, really good. Okay. So, But you can do your coffee grounds, too, as well. It's a little bit more acidic content, which, but I would do it blended into the garden. Yeah. Blended into the compost as well. Because... We are very. We have to remember. Um, I can't remember if Portage is still on the cusp of the lake bed, but we're very uh, alkaline here because of the heavy clay soils. 
So we're always having to amend our gardens and improving it with by adding compost, leaf mulch, um, clean grass clippings. So when you're doing your composting, you can actually do it in layers of dry and moist, dry and moist. So if you're doing your vegetable peels would be your moist content mm-hmm. and your dry stuff in between. Like it is so important and oh it remembers my husband built a garage so my composter days have gone. <laughs> That's not there. But I've got lots of compost at work. But when you go and dig in the bottom of the compost and you pull out that dark rich composted it was almost like, okay, who am I going to give this rich to? And it's usually the vegetable bark garden that it would put it to. Okay. Yeah. Okay? Perfect. So it, yeah. And newbie gardeners, it's wonderful. Like, even rookies and advanced people, we're always learning to, together. So, sure. uh, welcome to the gardening world. <laughs> it's exciting. I think and, so, yeah. Yeah. So you ventured into flowers mostly. Have you ventured into vegetables yet? No, no. It's it's um it's more, it's more for decorative and 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 stuff like that. So it's not. I wouldn't call it a garden. It, it's it, a garden. It, it's a it's um uh di- different setup. That's all I'll say. I just uh, it was just more for the 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 plants themselves and stuff I was wondering. I don't think I'll get into vegetables or anything like that. Not 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 now anyway. So Well there is a beauty in the flowers themselves and uh you know sometimes uh if you venture um like I don't know if you've listened to shows before, but if you're doing some gardening and some flowers, even incorporating some rhubarb or some leafy structures that you can get some vegetables in there, it kind of blends in. But I have been out to Portage, and I used to travel with my dad when I was younger on day trips, and I truly enjoyed a lot of the beautiful flower gardens and a lot of the properties Mm -hmm. that we ventured out to. Yeah, but flowers, thumbs up. You betcha. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, Carla. Oh, you're very welcome, and thank you for calling into the Lawn and Garden Journal this morning. Thanks. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we have the diversity. We have flowers, and we have to remember... Uh, Brett, the flowers are the importance for the pollinators for a lot of the resources for us to get our fruits, our vegetables, and also, uh, you know, our apple trees. There is a relationship between the two because we can't go one without the other. And the importance is with the pollinators too is the survival of the bees and the bees does the action of helping us with the pollination. So it's harmony that we're getting, and it's beauty along with the harmony. Let's go right to the line. There's B is next. Good morning, B. Good morning. Yeah, I'm phoning from St. Anne, and I'm always interested in all your wonderful reports and what people have to say. And uh, I have my question is, to make it short, for the last two years I had a wonderful mandeville uh, plant that I had bought, uh, small and good over the summer outside on my deck, and it was absolutely gorgeous. It was about the height of, I would say, almost three feet. Just beautiful. So I cut it back, put it inside in my sunroom, which is a four-season sunroom, uh, and I'm seeing new growth in the last few weeks already, but every time when a new little shoot or something comes out with a tiny, tiny little leaf, it dries up on me. What is the reason for that? Okay. Um, you have to, like, okay, let's let's fill people in a little bit because Mandevilla diplodinia, 
these are tropical plants normally in the southern tropics. Right. And when we try to overwinter them, our daylight temperatures are not as great. So over the winter, we probably see a, a little bit what we would say is kind of a demise. Mm-hmm. They lose their leaves. They go more in a twiggy state. Right, right. And we, and we, when we're kind of thinking, oh, no, what's happening? Mm-hmm. But we have to remember when plants are in their dormant state, that we slow down on giving them water because exactly. they're not respiring. Yeah. yeah. So if you find that the stemming is still green underneath the bark, you can do that little scratch test. Yeah. It's still viably green. Water it, but then leave it alone until it flushes because it can go quite dry between those watering stems. Right. Because I mean, yeah, that I that I remember. Do you not supposed to do too much water? And see, my beautiful sunroom is facing south, so when the sun is finally out. Well, yeah. it gets a, a lot of nice sunshine, and it gets warm in here, too, you know. So and the only thing my, my concern was, why is it it's shooting out, and then I see a few days later the little leaf that's starting, it's shriveling up, you know. Yeah. And I'm it, watering it. It's not that it is dry, and I don't want to overwater it either, you know. Yeah. Don't overwater it. Like I said, like if you watered it, let it go through the natural state and go through. Actually, lift it up, check the bottom. Make sure, is it in a container that you have It's in a drainage? big pot. It's in a big pot, and I have a trellis in there, in that pot, you know, so when it grows, so it can climb on there. Yeah, and do you have drainage in that pot? Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so that's important, too. Um, check, because Mandevilla itself, too, as well, do you see that the leaf opens up completely, or is it just baby? It has no, it has little stems, and then a tiny little leaf develops, but then I'm looking a day or two later, and it looks like, uh, like I said, it's shriveling up. So okay. That it's is un- so weird. Yeah, it's under stress from something. So yeah. also to check, because sometimes on the Mandevilla, uh, because of the tropics, they're also prone to overwintering some bugs. Bugs, oh yeah, I've ha- I had that uh, some years ago with a different Mandeville, but this was so absolutely so gorgeous, and okay. I thought, well, you know, it uh, it broke almost my heart to bring it, to cut it back. That's how beautiful yeah. it looked in the, late fa- in the late fall. And like I said, it looked great, it looked fine, and then uh, now I have a few little green stems on it. Maybe there will be some leaves coming, but it looks pathetic compared to what it looked like in the summertime, you it know. Will- Trust me, it will go. It okay. will just take off. It needs sustained yeah. heat. It needs actually, if you put a little bit of a, a little bit of a light fan on it, because if we've watered it and it's in a large one gallon pot, mm-hmm. and we water that soil completely so it's um, watered properly, yeah. it's going to take a fair bit of time for that one gallon pot to dry up completely. Two. Right? Yep, two. Yeah. So if if the top inch that you move the soil and you say, oh, it's dry, mm-hmm. but it's heavy and it's wet beneath, yeah, yeah, then we're not... just re-wetting something that's already wet. Yeah, that's and, true. Yeah, And it true. needs the energy. Like, yeah. we need leaves for it to respire, yeah, to yeah, bring up. Yeah. So it's struggling. So let it go dry. Like, if you say you watered it two days ago, lift it up and feel the weight. Yeah. Oh, but it's a big, it's a big pot, Carla. It is. Uh, okay. Uh, don't lift it up. Lift it, you know, <laughs> I can. I, it's a big pot because it has grown so beautiful over the last two summers that I had to repot it and put it in a bigger pot. Okay. Right? Then I suspect that if you watered it, then it hasn't dried out, even though it's in a room that has 
uh, sunlight in that? Oh, totally. My sunroom is facing south. So okay, it's, it uh, it probably hasn't dried right to the bottom of no, the pot No, it then. won't. I don't think so. No. Okay, no. so yeah. cut back on your watering. I will. And if you see will, and be, be, right be now, a bit more patient. <laughs> oh, you you are feeling just like I am. Oh, I am I'm so I'm, anxious, and when I see all the snow around me here, I could just cry, you know. Oh, you know what? You just had me rotate to my back, which faces the our nursery, and as I look out the window, I have a six-foot wall, so yeah, I yeah. can see the, the canopy of beautiful it's, trees. It's, me, I can't even nursery. walk. I have, a, I have a little walkway usually to my greenhouse and to my compost, and I can't get, get there. I would be in, in waist-high snow, you know, if I, if I managed to get through there. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. But we'll get there, right? <laughs> you, we will get there. And like yeah. I said, it's, uh, the only the blessing that I see that's in this is that our groundwater table was so low that oh, yeah, we need, yeah, we need yeah. to put the water back into exactly, our land. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So we'll... Uh, we will give it some time, and I hope that plant will come back. I mean, I, it's not—it's not a loss. I can buy a new one, you know. But still, it's—you know—it it breaks my heart when I see something like that, you know. Well, you are a true gardener because oh, you just. I, I, I mean, I have, I cut back quite a bit, uh, but I have lots of pots on my deck and, uh, and, uh, planters hanging on the railing and, yeah, so with, uh, with, uh, ivy geraniums and it's, it's beautiful when it's all in bloom, you know. Oh, it would yeah, be beautiful. So. <laughs> but anyway, thank you so much for the info. Enjoy the weekend. And you uh, thank you that I was able to uh, to talk to you. <laughs> well, welcome uh, back to the Lana yeah, Garden Journal. I always Journal. enjoyed it, but then you know I'm hesitant to to phone and and. Uh, but this is the very first time that I ever did that. <laughs> well, con- hey, congratulations! <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. You're thank welcome, you, Carla. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're very welcome. Bye. You're very welcome. Bye bye. It has been a great breaking. The butterflies have settled. So make your list. So that next week, we could be back on the Lawn and Garden Journal again, learning about gardening. Bye-bye, everyone.